What's happening guys? Welcome back to Digital Artcast. It has been too long, um, probably longer than it should have been. I really need to try and get some of these episodes running a bit more regularly. Um, but I have been busy, as everybody is these days, um, and trying to secure down someone for the next episode has been uh, difficult. Just trying to pick the right person um, and moving forward, um, I had a really good idea for our next guest um, to come on and talk to us. Um, so with Digital Artcast, um, especially with our last episode, we focused on uh, a guy you know that a lot of you guys know, James, modern day James, James Murphy, um, who is very new to the industry, only about a year, but obviously has made some big waves, um, including working for Brainstorm and other uh, you know kind of independent contractors. Uh, so I thought I would kind of continue that theme um, with uh, you know a friend of mine that I've known um, for about two years now. Um, or something when you're kind of over a year um, and we met through I believe it was actually one of the matte paint groups um, so yeah today we have Mr Ian Vickner on today to talk to us um, so hey Ian what's up? Hi wow really two years? Whew. Yeah yeah I think it's, it's close to that at least I mean it's maybe not just quite but yeah definitely over a year at least so um, yeah time flies yeah. it does it does and I was I think I'm right in what I'm saying I think it was through the map paint group we met was that right uh, i believe so it was right after i did uh david long's class um because right. conrad uh, matt paint had their uh special deal going on with cgma uh for right. david's class and um and I, I yeah i think you were in the academy and uh that's how we met you commented on on something i posted and uh then we just kind of talked a little bit here and there. Um, it's only recent that I, I knew about your podcast and I, at work, I just started kind of just listening to them uh, while just mm-hmm. doing compositing. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, and you have a, a kind of similar story to, to James um, where yeah. you're, pr- you're pretty fresh face to the industry. You've only been in it really maybe a year um, because, you know, you uh, more like the year. Yeah. Uh, professionally in the industry, working for studios, only um, uh, it's a little over half a year. Yeah, um, yeah, which is impressive, also because you know your story mm-hmm. is maybe similar to some, but different from others. Where you know you weren't always a matte painter. You know this is right. only a recent, no, recent thing. But you know you don't you know, spend your whole life building up to this kind of job. Um, you used to be previously before you worked in your first job, you were a waiter. In a, in a kind of diner? Yeah. Um, I worked in uh, a number of restaurants. Uh, my main, I had, I, had, I had two main jobs. One, I was a sous chef of a restaurant for a while. But the biggest job that I liked in restaurants was being the expediter. And um, an expediter, the, the expo, they're the middle person between the, the chef and the cooks, the line cooks, and the waiters and waitresses. So... My job was like when the tickets came up, I made sure that every all the food that came out of the kitchen was up to par. It, it was up to standard, and uh, it was being served to the right waitress for the right customer. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a tough job because I was living in the middle of nowhere, literally nowhere, yeah. uh, trying to figure out like how do I how do I get in? How do I get into the industry with, with no experience and no, no college? Yep. Um, 
So I, I kind of made a goal that it's, all right, if I can't get in this way, I'm going to just save up as much as I can and then just move out to New York or LA and kind of do like what Max did where you just, you just took his phone book and just called every studio and do door to door sales and just go, Hey, uh, I'll work for free. Um, and that was what I was trying to get to, but I, I got a little lucky. Well, lucky luck for me, as I always say to people, is preparedness um, meets opportunity. So, I mean, you were prepared, you had some portfolio pieces, and then obviously um, off you went to do some interviews. Yeah. Um, and then I think you'd done several, and yeah. then obviously announced that you got an um, in a frame store. So, yeah. Yeah, it was um, my last month working in the restaurant industry. I had worked, uh, I did the math one time. It was, it was close to like 550 hours in one month, which was about 15 hours a day. And, and literally every single day, I didn't get a single day off in that entire month. And, um, and I had a little bit of a breakdown going like, I just, I don't want to be here. I, I'm stuck. I need to get out. And so I went home and uh, I talked to Conrad was one of them. You were one of them. Um, I, I believe you were. Um, yeah, yeah. My roommate was a huge part of it. He's my, my roommate. He's like the next Stephen King. I swear to God. Um, but he just, and you all said the same thing. Like, well, if you can wake up tomorrow and do what you want to do, what would it be? And I said, matte painting. And Conrad's, <laughs> Conrad's words were very specific. He was just like, just go do it then. Like, yeah. just, just do it. Um, so within one month, I quit the, quit the job. I moved out of my apartment and into my parents. And the, the deal was, well, if you're going to be here, you've got to be really working to get in. You've got to try and land a job and you have by uh, the time summer starts to move somewhere and, and get set up. Yep. And so that only gave me about like six months to really pound out portfolio work and, and get a reel ready, get a resume ready, website, uh, my brand, the, and uh, matte paintings that were, had good enough quality to get me in the door. Even if it was just like being a janitor, or, I don't know, anything for, <laughs> for a studio. I, I didn't care what it was. It had to be good enough to get anything. Right. Yeah. And then that was you. You were in the door. I think it only took you, um, you know, a couple of months basically to, to build the portfolio, which is obviously is impressive enough because, um, you know, like uh, people can spend so long, you know, in classes and, and doing courses um and 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 yeah it, it can also just take people years but um but yeah you only well, needed then, about three months or something uh after i left the restaurant it was about five four or five yeah, and still. yeah but but with it it just i didn't have uh six years to get in it wasn't like um when talking to other people who have entered the industry they've I've heard a lot of numbers being like between three to up to like 15 years to be able to enter the industry. 
And I was sitting at home and I was just going like, I, I don't have that kind of time. Uh, I don't want to end up within, uh, by the time uh, summer starts to be back in a restaurant working those kind of hours and not being what I want to be doing. I, I don't have that kind of time. I don't want to be in my forties just entering the industry. And I just, I just didn't want to do that. <laughs> so no, I can imagine. Uh, I made it a goal to make when I first started doing matte paintings to do one a week. And then after the first month, it was two a week. And then the third month, were, uh, it was three matte paintings a week. Right. And, uh, and each one had to be a uh, hundred times better than the previous in every single way, every possible. Oh, sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course we, this whole opportunity that you got, you know, for working at Frame Store, um, obviously, you know, it was it was the dream come true. You got in the job. Um, what was the the focus once you got in there, and and how much of that kind of live up to the expectations you had before you actually started the job? The when going in, uh, I wasn't um, expecting to really learn. <laughs> Um, nuke I was expecting to kind of have like a short intro to it but the first three weeks at Framestore were just hardcore nuke it was wow. all day every day for like eight nine hours just learning nuke and the foundations of it and what how it works and what it does right. and um, and thankfully because I knew how to do plate cleanup really well. That's what gave me my foot in the door. Because uh, when, when I interviewed uh, the uh, lead visual effects uh, guy and the recruiter, they were going through my work and they were just very upfront going, we've never seen anyone with this good of plate cleanup at, at your age. We've never seen that happen before. Mm. Um, and that was, that definitely gave me a hand up. And so when being at Frame Store, after doing uh, Nuke for three weeks, just getting it down, uh, they gave me my first matte paint gig. And, uh, and I told you about this in the middle of the summer. It was, it was kind of funny. They were expecting me to take about uh, nearly two weeks to do uh, one frame yep. um, uh, of, of plate cleanup. And I got it done in five hours. And the visual effects supervisor was sitting right next to me working on a commercial. And after five hours, I just sit back and he looks at it and goes, holy hell, Ian. <laughs> and so it, it was, it's been a huge learning curve. There were a lot of things I wasn't expecting, um, especially being at Framestore of um, the, I connected with the map painter there and he, he really took the time to, all right, here's, here's some things that you already know, but let me refine a few of those techniques for you. Yeah, of um, course. Which has greatly helped. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, um, you worked on, I mean, I, I, again, I don't know how much you can talk about because I have seen some stuff on your, your, uh, your art station, but you worked on, it was mostly commercials while you were there. Yeah, uh, the, the New York office uh, for Framestore is all commercial-based. Uh, they rarely pick up uh, movie work. Uh, it's only like when it's like 
uh, a month before the deadline. And if they're falling behind a little bit, they'll uh, outsource it to the studio in New York or LA. Um, so the, the U.S. based offices are commercial, but then the ones overseas are more uh, movie and films. Right. And then you done how many while you were there or how many did you work on the time you were there? Uh, seven, seven or eight commercials. Okay. Yep. And that was the span of like, what, five or six months or not even that maybe. It sounded like five or six months you were at Framestore, right? I can't yeah, remember specifically. I was there for uh, three and a half months. Okay. So shorter than I thought, but still a lot of work for those three months you were there. Yeah. And then these were obviously doing the shots for Duracell and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, like the one for Duracell, that one I got done in like five hours. And then the, uh, they looked at it and they were like, well, there's other shots in this commercial that we could definitely use play cleanup. Uh, otherwise, we have to do it in new, but you're really fast. So let's just give that to you. And that is something I think is like super important. If anyone's interning, like go in and do what you're, you're assigned to do. But if there's one thing you're like so good at doing, really good at doing that, you know, like I can just nail this a hundred percent. That's your time to shine. And that's what this project was for me. Oh, that's good. I mean, and and then open the door to, you know, like you said, another uh, idea of things you could do in the future or people, you know, contacts you can make in the the industry. And, Mm. um, and yeah. And I mean, that's, it was obviously, it wasn't great at the time, you know, when you were leaving because, you know, you wanted to stay, you wanted to do more. Yeah, um, yeah but then obviously you've found another job now. Um, you're working out uh, closer to where you were based originally, I think, right? Yeah. Um, I'm at a studio here in Minneapolis, uh, interning. Um, and it's I'm just kind of going with the flow right now, just kind of seeing what happens. Uh, this one is more 100% just new compositing. And so what was, what was really good is like Framestore gave me a really good foundation. I'm just like, here's what Nuke is. And now being at this studio, I'm able to fly through Nuke a lot easier. Uh, I mean, even though there's definitely things that I'm still having a little bit of a hard time figuring out, but I'm having a lot easier time trying to find those answers just because I know the foundation. Right. Um, and it, it's more just new compositing at this studio. Uh, right. There's definitely been some matte painting work that I've done, uh, which I'm very excited to be doing for them. Okay. Very cool. um, it, it's been, it's definitely been a journey and I'm excited yeah. to see where it goes. Yeah. But again, you know, you are still very fresh faced in the industry. I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost unheard of. People, you know, walking into, oh, I'd say walking into, you obviously work very hard for it, but, you know, getting a job, you know, so quickly, you know, with, uh, well, yeah. Well, what definitely helped me land that the, the job at Framestore and getting my foot in the door was, I mean, it wasn't just making connections. That's definitely one part of it. But the, the other part was uh, doing freelancing for mapping. So my reel that uh, I sent them, was uh it was like 90 percent uh client work as a freelance map painter and then a few personal pieces here and there and so it definitely did help 
to to have client work in, even though it wasn't big name companies or big studios. Okay. Um, and I definitely had a big challenge ahead of me. Uh, I took like a day to figure out what the challenge was. So, yeah. like, like, can I can I tell you talk about it? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. up to you. Whatever okay. you want out there. Okay, so here's the challenge that I had. Okay, first off, I, I never went to school for visual effects. Uh, I tried going to Noman to the school in schools in California, uh, ones in New York, a couple in France, and I, I got accepted to all of them, but I just couldn't afford it. So my challenge of trying to get into the studio was difficult because first off, I'm competing. My competition was great. The I'm competing against one, the studio artist who's already in the studio full time, uh, who's there with all the benefits. He's got the work. Uh, he showed, he's got the regular 40 hour job, uh, in the studio. The second competition was the freelancer who's already well established. That being like Max Berman, Nick Hyatt, uh, Rocco, I'm going to butcher his last, uh, Geoff, Geoffrey. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, 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 my kill, like already the established map painters and designers who, who are like next in line for getting work. The third was the middle freelancer, the one who's already like breaking into the industry mm. and they kind of get some of the scraps essentially yeah. as, as bad as that sounds oh, no. um, there. And then the fourth uh, level of competition I had was, uh, the students who are already graduating from like Nomen who have the skill and the degree and, and the courses for doing the job. So my level of competition was huge and it's, and I had to figure out, well, okay, how do I beat all of this? And it was, it was not easy. Um, I mean, it's still not because there's a lot to learn uh, and you have to continue learning it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and it's it's a good challenge to set yourself because I think in general, I definitely saw, um, and I'm kind of suffering from the same thing where, you know, I have slight things here and there I can work on. Mm-hmm. I definitely never found that that one job, um, you know, straight after university that I could go into that was like a full time ninety five, mm-hmm. um, you know, career. I think a lot of that obviously was involved because, um, you know, I, I couldn't really pick my path, but you kind of knew from the start that you wanted to do map painting full time. So, yeah, well, it helped having um, knowing what it was because the, uh, if you had my art station up, it's on the, the first row, the uh, fifth image in, the what if. Like okay. that one was my first map painting I ever did. And the, the director hired me uh, because he liked my illustrations and he was very upfront of just like, hey, I'm taking an investment on you. Uh, you have no work history. You never went to school for this. Uh, I'm, if, if you fail at this, the studio fails. And yeah. so like you really have to, to do this. Mm-hmm. And so he told me it was mad painting and I went home and I Googled it up and, and it was just instant love. Yeah. Um, and it really changed my viewpoint on what I, how I look at films and movies and commercials. Okay. 
And so that was, that was a start for me. It was, even though it was uh, a small studio, that was uh, the start. And then getting into Max's class, getting into uh, David's class. Uh, and while doing all of that, working in a restaurant and freelancing at the same time. Yeah, so uh, your, your plate was pretty full from the start, um, yeah. work-wise. Because, um, I mean, I say, you know, like, you know, uh, Framestore was your first big break and mm-hmm. da 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 But, you know, you were working before Framestore, like you said, with the what-if stuff and other yeah. matches you had done. There was there was work coming in. It wasn't like you weren't doing anything before Framestore. Right. But the, the work that was coming in was uh, really difficult to get because there were... Uh, any freelancer would get it. It's that uh, sometimes a project comes in, but you don't get it simply because of budget and time. And uh, so projects do fall through. Uh, It it definitely happens. And it's happened to me uh, a bunch of times. And, uh, and part of it is you have to convince your client of like, here's why you should use me and not maybe, uh, a student that's just graduated from college. And, yeah. Or, um, yeah. <laughs> and so it, it definitely was a challenge because you really have to learn the business side of it. And that was something that definitely gave me an uphand. Yeah, I can imagine. And then the thing is as well, you know, I think as well, the exposure you've had through um, like the Matt Paint group. Yeah. You know, getting to go to Sigraf, um, meeting with Conrad. Um, yeah, you know, oh, getting closer to the, yeah, no, yeah, that would. I mean, Sigraf itself would have been amazing because of the people you got to interact with. But um, but yeah, I think just the 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 ability to interact with some of the artists on on Matt Paint also was um, was helping you out, mm-hmm. just yeah. with confidence and and with skills and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I was by the when I was just pumping out work, uh, I posted in that group at least once a day of here's something new or here's something I'm working on. And I just, and I was very upfront of like, give me all your criticism. It could be, this is terrible. Uh, redo it. And I would go and redo it. Um, and there were, uh, and I bugged the hell out of Conrad. I know I did. (laughs) Um, because he would, he would be at work and I would send him a mapping going like, hey, here's something I'm working on. And uh, and he would just say like, hey, I'm busy now. Let me like get back to you in a little bit. Yeah, of course. Um, and then there were a few times when he was like uh, at his lunch breaks, he would get on Discord with me and just chat and go yeah. over the work. And then uh, the other part was uh, another guy in the academy, Stefan. He... Oh, man, I want to say Denmark. Uh, he's from Den. Yeah, I want to say Denmark. And so uh, I would be working at like four in the morning, working on a map painting, and uh, he would be up and Conrad would be asleep, and I would just send that uh, to Stefan, being like, "Hey, take a look at this." Yeah. And there were some times when uh, Stefan or Benjamin would be like, "Ian, go to bed, man. It's four yeah. a.m. Go to bed." <laughs> yeah, but at least you were. I mean, I think that's why. Conrad had that level of, um, I'm going to say putting up with you, but not really. I mean, I know he enjoyed obviously helping you, but mm-hmm. I think the putting up with you was more because he could see your focus and drive, and he yeah. 
wanted to reward that almost because you were so dedicated to your craft and mm-hmm. um because like it says you know that there was sometimes people would try to get involved and um i mean i'll use my, myself for an example you know that i tried to do map painting but you know the, the work ethic wasn't there and i wasn't really doing as much because i didn't really feel like i was enjoying it mm-hmm. and um and yeah, hundred percent. That you know, definitely. Um, Connor was saying, you know, I want to help you, but you know, I, I can't feedback on stuff I can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, yeah, you know, I moved away from that eventually. But you know, I knew with with the stuff you were pumping out, um, you know, Connor was very um, keen to help you because you yeah. had that level of dedication, that level of push, um, which is the, you know, yeah. And the other part that I think that really helped uh, were were two things. First off, like it, I. I trust them on a very personal level that it's that I know that if I'm working on something or I can go and talk to him about like, Hey, I'm having this kind of problem and he's very genuine with it. He's, uh, he's someone that you can just, you can confide in. Um, and I mean, I've, I've had some personal struggles with side things in life and I've been able to talk to him about it and he, yeah. uh, and he's been great with it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's kind of like a mentor in a way, yeah. I think. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, a mentor and then just becoming a friend. And um, and there's been it, – it's definitely been a journey. It's been amazing with how much he's helped me. And thankfully and hopefully I'll be able to help him back uh, with mapping, with the mapping group. Of course. Um and the and the other part that the reason that I think he also went with like yeah I'll help you was just I have a very good understanding of like how the business works, yep. um, and it's something I think many people need to really realize if you're entering this business you need to know what the business is and how it works. Of course, uh, you can't just blindly go in uh, going I do map painting and I don't know how much to charge or I don't know how much to. Uh, to do for hourly, weekly, daily, uh, yearly. Uh, you, you need to go in with that kind of knowledge. Otherwise, you're going to get ripped off and screwed. 100%. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't pay attention to as, as the, the business side of it. But then it, it depends, though, because if you're doing stuff freelancing, of course, you need to have your freelance head on. But then also, um, if you just want to go, I say just want to, but if you want it to be more studio-based, then sure, you don't need to worry about that stuff as much. But then, of course, I think the part you would need to worry about is when you initially get in the door is you have to say to yourself, well, I would only work for X, Y, Z per hour or would only want to do certain types of projects. So yeah, in, and that, in that sense, yeah. Yeah, you, you learn, well, with freelancing and any kind of business, you learn the negotiating skills. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like, when, when I was at Seagraph, um, I ended up doing a bunch of portfolio reviews without knowing that that's what I was doing. There yeah, was... Yeah. Uh, at Seagraph, it was great. I was helping Conrad with um, a, a map paint at uh, at a party, and they handed out bracelets, and they were portfolio review bracelets that uh, you wore, and students could come up to you and show you. And right, okay. I didn't know what the bracelets were? I just thought like, oh, it's just something you're handing out. Cool. And I just had people coming up to me, going like, hey, uh, can I show you my portfolio? And I finally asked Conrad like. Why the hell is this happening to me? And he goes, Ian, you're wearing a bracelet. It's like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm wearing the bracelet that says it. Duh. Yeah. Oh, um, God. But it, it definitely knowing that business side helps tremendously. 
um, I think for anyone, um, because it just it allows you to know what a company is, what a company does, how a company works, the different hierarchy that's in a company. Um, and that's why I like always strongly suggest to people, like if you're graduating from college, go work in a restaurant, like as, as terrible as it is. I mean, you get ripped off in restaurants sometimes it happens, yeah. but yep. you, you learn customer service. You learn how to work with people, uh, that you don't like, you learn how to be on a team to help serve the food for a customer. You learn how the front of the house work works, how the back of the house works. And you just you learn uh, all those different kinds of skills and then taking that and applying it to your own, your own art, I think definitely gives you an upper hand. Of course. Yeah, definitely. And then again, I think it's just one of these things where if you work in that job for long enough, um, then you almost know like how, or you almost want to work harder because you don't want to go back to exactly um, yeah. that kind of job. Yeah. Yeah, because it was... I've, I've been so afraid of this and I'm, and I'll admit, I'm still kind of am that like, okay, if this internship ends and they don't hire me or a company doesn't hire me, I don't want to go back and work in a restaurant, uh, for 80 hours a day or sorry, 80 hours a week and going, okay, how do I get the hell out of this yet again? And I'm back at square one. I don't want to be doing that. I want to be moving forward. Of course. And so it's. It definitely having a little bit of a scare like that really uh, lights a fire under your butt, mm-hmm. and it's it's definitely a motivator. <laughs> yeah, but I mean a good motivator because at least then you're not um, yeah being kind of lax with it. And I mean I know when we spoke to Conrad, even he was saying that you know back in the day when he first left um, his degree or his kind of school, he did spend a few years. Um, kind of goofing around because you know his, his parents obviously were, were helping him out and yeah he, had, he didn't really have as much of a worry about that as 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 others um so yeah that you can go the mm-hmm. the two directions you know one is where you know you're leaving you're so determined you want to work that you know you're already working as you leave or like me where you've been a bit more um i mean a combination of lazy and just indecisive and, and then you're presented with um, not a lot of options, so you're just kind of you're you're grabbing for the first thing that comes along. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely a a, a good thing to want to have a drive. Yeah, you definitely need to drive. It. This is an industry that everyone that's in it that I've met has a drive, and if you don't have it, or you're kind of going like, well, I don't know what I really want to do. It's uh, I'm not sure what to do. You're gonna fall behind. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially when there's so much technology to learn and yeah. you know, there's so many oh. different moving parts of the industry and different sub genres within one industry and yeah, and that's, it's that's um, being very specific with the job. It's um I think I mean it's good to have generalists, but I think it's I mean personally I like having more of a, a focus just because you can be badass at it. Yeah. And um and I, and I like seeing those kind of artists that are really good at just being really good at one thing, but might branch out to others and kind of dabble a little bit, but still have yep. that focus. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest conversation topics within industry is specialization versus generalization. And I it, definitely think, I, I, yeah, yeah. It, it, def, it 
really depends on the kind of work you want to do and the kind of company you want to work at. Uh, definitely. So like if you're going to uh, like MPC, they hire a ton of generalists. Um, that, that's their go-to. If it's like Framestore or Mr. X or DNAG, they're a bit more, the artists in there are a little bit more specialized depending on the location of that company. Um, commercial work, it's uh, much more uh, specialized people. Uh, either you're just like a new compositor, you're a matte painter, you're a texture artist, you're a lighter, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, whereas maybe something for a movie, it might be more of a generalist, but you do have your in-house and freelance uh, specialists. Uh, so it, it really does vary. Um, and it's knowing how to find that so you can target it for work. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, in, in regards to map painting, especially with you having experience in Framestore as well, what do you feel like um, are areas you could specialize in, in map? And is there one particularly you think you would want to excel in, or is there several? Or There's, there's a few. Um, First, uh, one of my biggest ones is I really want to get more into compositing. Uh, from uh, my experience and from what I've been seeing and learning, uh, new compositing and map painting are becoming hand in hand, uh, especially if you're freelancing, just because you, you project it and then you just send it and it's done. Uh, but even in a studio, it's um, like, the, like the shots for the Duracell and the Yellowwood like those were ones where I did the map painting and then I worked on the projections of them and uh, the full compositing of that shot. And so it, it's definitely a skill to learn. Um, I definitely want to get more into Maya. Um, it, it helps with projections, which is good. Um, but the... So I, I really like keeping my focus on map painting. I really want to get more into new compositing. Um, but the, the one area that I also put a lot of focus in is art direction. Um, I really want to be an art director. It's, it's one of my big goals in life. Um, and it's because I just, I really like working in teams. I like uh, bringing a team together with different kinds of skills and, seeing what uh, the outcome can be of that. I think that is so unique to have. And is that inspired by the guys you've seen in studios or people you admire within industry or? The, actually, no, the, the reason I didn't want to get into art directing is because of, I can't believe I'm saying this, is because of being an expo in a kitchen because you're that middle person between the artists and the clients and the producers. And so you kind of, uh, bringing everything almost together. Um, you're, you're kind of the foundation that kind of puts everything together and works with everyone to, to create the final outcome. Right. And, uh, and I think that's a really unique role. Right. Um, so more like a, just a, a general team leader kind of aspect yeah. that you want to kind of pursue. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's an awesome thing to have as well, because I think it's like a lot of the guys you can already admire where, you know, um, they all probably have stepped in positions of leadership because of previous jobs or previous experience. But some people just like the idea of 
um, you know, bringing people together and making them do their best, getting the best out of them in their work. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not a bad thing to have brought that from a previous experience. Yeah, and I haven't met too many art directors, um, oddly enough. The like Patrick Clare uh, at Elastic has he's phenomenal. The work that he produces with his team is astounding, and it's a, and it's a really small team of like I mean I, I don't know I've just thrown a number. It's like twelve people. And the work they do is is gorgeous. Um, so, uh, like he's a great example, or Ridley Scott, um, they're they're phenomenal at what they do. Of course, yeah, because of obviously the years I've spent, you know, honing their skills and and, and experimenting with different mediums. Um, but then again, it's it's a thing where um, do you even know what industry you'd want to move into? Uh, you know, I'm thinking film or. Some kind of interaction with games or, or uh, VFX or you know what's the the end goal for you? Where do you think like your dream job would lie? The I definitely love freelancing. Um, I've this is it's a new career that's kind of happening a little bit that uh, I've seen very few people do and do well is being a freelance art director. I think that is really interesting because you can kind of pick up the projects you want to pick up on. Uh, and I've and coming from a freelance point of view, I like having the hours that I want like to work at. Uh, but for right now, um, my main goal is to just land in a studio full time and to uh, work on movies. The the I have a few big goals. Uh, like the the one movie that I have to do map painting for is uh, Judge Dread. Uh, I grew up watching that movie. It's one of my favorites. Uh, if if that movie comes out without my name on it, I'm gonna just be so disappointed. I'm gonna be. Yeah. I'm, ass- I'm assuming you were a, a fan of the the Carl Urban version that came yeah. out in 2014 or something, like that, 2015. Um, a fun fact. That one, yeah. yeah, that one was really good, but I really liked the old one with uh, Sylvester Stallone. God no! <laughs> though it was just you just looked at it and went like, "Oh dear Lord, this is yeah. terrible." It was yeah. so good to watch because it, the the imagery was at that time was beautiful. Yeah, uh, and the there's so many matte paintings in that. There's imagine. oh, there's so many. Like the opening shot when the camera moves up and you see the Statue of Liberty on top of buildings. And it's got the fire that's a hologram. Like, that is just so beautiful. And that movie was really interesting. Like, the after Star Wars and Star Trek came out, like, anything that was left over in the graveyard was yeah. used for that movie. Oh, and yeah, I can imagine. It was just kind of hilarious how some of these movies have done things like this. <laughs> but then a, a lot of people don't know but I mean I don't know if you know either but you know that film was based on a comic book right yeah yep. yeah and the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I was going to say do you know one of the the guys who um, kind of co-created that um, well actually uh, the, the, the sad part and the, the good part the sad part is that one of the guys who actually co-created it um, long ago um, he actually passed recently um, but the other co-creator John Wagner um, who is Scottish? Um, I actually met him um, at a couple of different comic cons because he's worked with a, 
a, a group in Glasgow now doing his own comic through there. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a it was a fellow Scotsman that actually helped create Judge Dredd. Um, believe it or not. Gosh. I just I love the the way it looks. The, the I just I love everything about it. Um, yeah, it's very well done I think it's, it's always been a I mean it's still going today comic wise but yeah the films I, th- I felt like the the Carl Urban version um, you know people say what they want about him playing Dread but I definitely felt like artistically or just you know feel wise the, the, the latest Dread film was more or closer to mm-hmm. the original vision John and his partner had to the Sylvester Soul and stuff which was a bit oh. more definitely more <laughs> Hollywood um, than anything yeah definitely and it was a little bit more colorful, yeah. Uh, a little bit more uh, bright. Where the the newer one was, uh, it was a little bit more saturated, a darker tone. Yeah. Well, I think the original one as well was good that it had some bright colors because the comic itself is is very bright and and saturation. So, um, but no, it was uh, it was interesting to see the the reboot, and I definitely was. Um, a fan. I actually wanted uh, an actor called um, Scott Adkins. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's a kind of action star, martial art guy. Um, I felt he would have been a better a better cast role for Dread than, than Carl was. Although I did enjoy Carl's version as well. I did think he'd done very well. Um, yeah. Carl's not a, a big menace and kind of do these. He's a bit on the. I think he's only about 5'10 or something. I think that they obviously um, portray him in a, in a certain light to make him match up with everybody else around them, but um, but yeah, yeah, I did enjoy the, the reboot. Yeah, they would. I would love to see them do a uh, Netflix TV show of Judge Dredd and his adventure. Well, that's that's supposed to have been rumored. That's supposed to have already been announced. Oh, that, what? Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they're supposed to be turning any uh, a TV oh. series, and Carl Urban was going to be doing Dread again, and he was going to be doing it in a TV structure. And oh. yeah. If anyone's listening to this and you're working on the production of that, oh, you got to let me know. <laughs> beyond that, it's it is one of my life goals to just to really be doing that paintings for that. As far um, as I know, um, Netflix Netflix were the people who were trying to get it um, greenlit. So I'm assuming they would be building um, it within their own internal studios. Um, uh, so yeah, get a um, job at Netflix, and you'll be sorted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just—it's a great movie. It's a great film. It's—it was well done. It was uh, the ideations there. It—it uh, it kind of comes down to the actors and the and who's ever directing it on on how they. Of course. Um, no. Hopefully, hopefully it's done well with what Netflix has been doing. They've been just so impressive. Oh uh, yeah, of and course. I mean, it, it's just a. Uh... Yeah, and awesome like to see Disney now. Yeah, well, I mean, like I think recently I was watching the the Sabrina reboot that they done, which was sounds funny, but it was quite interesting. It's actually a really good series. Um, and uh, yeah, I know my, my my parents are a fan of the House of Cards series, which has also been huge. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely Netflix, and obviously all the Marvel licenses they have for all the shows I've done for them. So um, yeah, that was funny enough. I teach you Netflix. Um, we're actually doing portfolio reviews that we're hiring at THU, so... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, amongst yeah. other awesome companies. But yeah. And you got to meet Dylan Cole. Yeah, got to meet Dylan Cole. Yeah, got to record was, a message for you. Yeah, I thought that was funny because before that, you didn't know who he was. I introduced you to him, and then uh, a month and a half later, here was this video of Dylan Cole going, hey, man, you're, uh, <laughs> keep working hard. 
Good, good yeah, guy. basically. Yeah, I mean, like I went to his talk, and it was um, it was one of the the funniest things I think I'd ever bear witness to. And uh, and uh, I mean, I mean, I'm making him sound bad. Dylan's obviously one of the hardest working guys in the industry, but oh, yeah. it was funny at the time because we were at THU. He was doing a demo, and he showed us his his, his work, and then he done uh, a live demo where he basically painted um, a scene. Um, and then he was kind of saying stuff like, "Oh, you guys know about the lasso tool, right?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, we know about the lasso tool." And and then he was he was uh, because he was a Mac user predominantly. Um, he was on the PC, so he was he was missing some of his shortcuts, and he was like, "Oh shit, man, how do you how do you full screen it, and how do you do this?" And so um, it was funny because then at one point he, he did actually say, "As he's like, oh, honestly, guys, like honestly, you know, I know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's not a common thing that happens. So honestly, it's it's not me." Um, but we were oh, kind of laughing because really get that because like I'm I'm on a Mac right now on my iMac, and yeah. the the interface on the iMac is that Apple has is great. I think it's so easy to use and it yep. it just functions better. But then yeah. when I'm at work and I'm on a PC, I'm like, ah, oh, crap. What what's a button for this? Oh yeah, of course. Can I do this. Yeah. Ah oh, man, it, it's so I totally feel his pain. I totally get it. Yeah, you know, uh, but you like, kind of have that stumbling block. Hmm? You kind of have that stumble where you're trying to kind of relearn yeah. how to use Photoshop. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, what button is this? Yeah, I know. So, but it was just hilarious because, like, you know, we all knew, like, Dylan was Dylan Coley was amazing. But, um, but yeah, it was funny just to see those instances where he was like, oh shit, and oh, I forgot this shortcut, where is it again? And we were all like screaming out shortcut keys and <laughs> I kind of sat to, I was talking to one of my, my, my friends at the side we were kind of sitting next to each other and I said to her, um, who is this and what have they done with Dylan Cole? Like, because <laughs> oh yeah, like it was, it was just funny to think that um, it was kind of like, you know, unsure where certain menus and stuff were and of course, you know, Dylan's watch is credible but yeah, with that kind of the couple of minutes where he was a bit lost, it was it was a little funny because yeah, we've all been there. But I think we I think we didn't expect Dylan to to be the kind of same as us. We're like, oh, he's Dylan Coleman, like you know, he's a master of what he does. You know, of course he's he's never going to forget something. Or yeah, he's, he's human like everybody else. And then of course he was walking through um, the main gallery at THU, um, and somebody pointed out that he was he was coming this way, and he was with his girlfriend. And I was running across, and I was kind of oh, hey Dylan, like yeah, I really loved your talk. It was great. And, um, I have a real big favor, you know. My friend Ian's a bit down on himself just now because he's, you know, um, kind of lost his job at Frame Store and he's he's looking for new opportunities and he's a bit sad. So, um, could you record a message for him and you know just to say you know, keep it up? And um, he was like, yeah, man, of course. And then I think the first time I done it, I think we got like thirty seconds in. I was like, oh shit, I'm not recording. Fuck, fuck, <laughs> hold on. Uh, <laughs> and I had yes. to like rejig my phone. And he's like, oh, it's cool, man. It's cool, man. Just go again. And um, and then yeah, we we got. The, the thing recorded eventually, which I sent to you. Um, yeah. yeah, I still and, um, have that in, in my files and I open it up every once in a while and um, yeah. a little low. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, Dylan actually uh, has, has added you now on Facebook, hasn't he? And he talks about yeah. you. So. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Um, yeah. He's added me and he's uh, given me a few comments. I'm like, hey, put maybe a little bit more focus on uh, your composition or... Um, this one piece needs a little bit more work on uh, the lighting. So give it a yeah. little bit more attention. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. Uh, and it, it was very unexpected and um, I'm extremely grateful uh, for it. Mm. Um, 
Hey man, I mean, like it's I, I definitely was was something that I had the opportunity to do, and I thought, you know, why not? You know, it'll cheer you up. So, um, yeah. so fuck it, let's let's just do it. Um, yeah, so yeah, anyway, the, moving on from Netflix and Judge Dredd and and, and, and Tales of Dylan Cole, um, I was going to just say to kind of round out. Um, it's like a generalization question, but I mean, mm-hmm. uh, probably a good way to end is where do you feel or what have you felt like you've learned uh, since you started this kind of journey of doing matte painting? Um, and is there any advice you would give to people who want to pursue the same path, um, either through working in film or, or, or TV commercials or, you know, matte painting? Um, so, yeah, so kind of what have you learned and, and what would you pass on to others? What would I, what have I learned? Oh man, that's, I've learned a ton. Um, <laughs> Maybe even since just starting at Framestore till now, like kind of where have you, where's your learning been? Where's it been focused? Where? My, my learning right now has been really focused on just uh, nuke and compositing. Um, the, my biggest complaint recently or yeah, most recently is just, is watch your edges. Um, at that really, uh, becomes very obvious. And uh, I think it's something that is one of those small, minute details that will uh, uh, be a difference between a pro and someone who is just starting off. It's, it's definitely uh, a thing to look out for. Um, so the, but with, with learning with new compositing, it's definitely its own challenge. Um, let's see what else. Well, but working at Framestore, was there any kind of big lessons you took away from there? Or the oh, the, there's a few. I, I uh, have an article coming out uh, soon about some things that you should do while you're interning. Uh, one of the best things that I did while interning: uh, if you have a resume, uh, send it to the recruiter that's there. Uh, ask them to take a little bit of their time and just butcher your resume. And thankfully, this person did and. My resume was like originally like two and a half pages and she knocked it down to one page and um, she was great about it. Uh, so it, they're there to help you and uh, utilize it as much as possible it, while you're interning. Ask questions. It's just ask questions. Go and watch other artists there. Stand behind them. Uh, ask questions on what they're doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it. Uh, and if, if they are way too busy, they'll tell you, they'll go like, Hey, can't do it right now. Um, at the end of the day or whatever. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see what else. What was the other half? (laughs) (laughs) Just if there's anything else you would kind of maybe say to people who are like, I'm wanting to get a map painting. I don't know where to start. Um, you know, if you don't know where to start with map painting, there's, uh, there's more resources coming out uh, more and more every day. There's uh, the Kitbash 3D. They, they're great for like knowing 3D and just taking the assets and just putting them into painting. Um, I'm in the middle of doing four of them right now. Uh, there's mappaint.com with Conrad and the Academy through there. Uh, we put up a lot of uh, mini tuts and tutorials on uh how to do plate cleanup set extensions uh projections etc the list goes on uh there's max berman's class with uh learn squared 
um, CGMA, uh, those uh, Nick Hyatt's classes coming out really soon. Hopefully, I'll be in that. Um, so those Dylan Cole, I think, also is putting something out, right? I'm hoping. I asked him about it, and he said not for a while. Because um, okay. he's he's right now on uh, Avatar, and so he's his focus has been just nailing that. Uh, yeah. So maybe afterwards, I hope so. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but there, there's definitely a lot of resources. I think it's also very important to ask for honest feedback, not just, hey, I like it. I mean, yeah. you get a lot of that already. Just find a few people that you can respect their opinions. That like if like uh, there was a painting I did for Conrad once and he just came back with like, Ian, dude, come on, man. Like you can obviously do better. Uh, and I respected his opinion to go like, Hey, you know what? You're right. Let me go back and make it better. Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I definitely think it's uh, very important to find, uh, a few people in your life that you can just, uh, really get, uh, their honest feedback and opinion. Yeah. Um, and just have a lot of butt in chair time. Yeah, Definitely. Cool. I mean, I'm satisfied. <laughs> that's, that's all I wanted to hear. So, um, but you know, it's 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 been awesome, man. Getting on, just uh, you know, just getting a perspective of the things you went through the last couple of months, changing jobs, you know, having experience on commercials and doing different things. But mm-hmm. you know, again, even you know, a year ago, talking about where you were then, mm-hmm. you probably didn't think about you know where you would be now and you know, how quickly it's all kind of changed for you and the opportunities yeah, have came I mean, along. So My goal for 2018 was not even to be doing new compositing or um, it was to, uh, the goal was actually to move to either New York or LA and start freelancing and yep. uh, knock on every door, going door to door saying, hey, I'll do work for free or um, I'll do something at uh, 75% of the cost. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's definitely been going uphill since then. Uh, and hopefully it continues. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. I mean, you've definitely got the the work ethic and, and the mindset to um, to make these things happen. And I've, I've no doubt um, in the next couple of years, I'm going to see you on Ashthorpe's podcast and, you know, other things, bigger opportunities and teaching your own classes and stuff like that. So, um I yeah, man. Some classes. Um, yeah. To be on Ash's podcast, I think that would be fun. Yeah, I definitely think that's a, a goal for a lot of people is to be interviewed by Ash because uh, well, he's Ash fucking Thorpe. Like, <laughs> he's, <laughs> there's a reason the guy is the guy. He's you know he's probably one of the hardest working guys in the industry, and, and for good reason yeah. because he has such yeah. a passion. Uh, and I've also been wanting to do a talk sometime just with anyone, just like. Um, how on on the business side of uh, freelancing and of being a visual effects artist, I think it's something that would be very valuable information for students who are uh, just getting out of college. Of okay, how how do I start? How do I present myself online in the right way uh, to be looked at? Uh, so it, it would be fun to to do a talk sometime and just kind of go over those things and. Um, have like uh, someone's profile and just kind of go through the whole thing with it. Yeah, 
kind of do it live and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that'd be. Maybe we could probably even try to do something like that um, on here at one point. Maybe get somebody from mm-hmm. um, the YouTube audience who's who's maybe interested in the industry, and, and you could go over their stuff and, and give them feedback on different portions of their their CV and stuff and their portfolio. Yeah, we could we could start doing that. That might be an interesting thing to do. Um, it's definitely something I've thought about for a while. Is doing kind of. Um, yeah, like live portfolio reviews. I know people already kind of do them, but yeah, we've never really done them here because you kind of need an expert. Because mm-hmm. um, stuff, stuff I kind of repeat is, is you know, second information I've heard from other people. So it'd be good to have an actual accredited artist on here talking about um, kind of pros and cons people have. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, um, it would be interesting. Yeah, cool, man. Cool. Okay, well, um, I kind of shot on one today, guys, but. Um, but yeah, we just want to get Ian on and then talk about his journey so far. But he will definitely be back at one point. I'm, I'm hoping he can come back and speak to us more. Um, and thanks, Dean, for coming on, speaking to us, and taking the time to have yeah. a chat. Thank um, you. It's an absolute honor. Thank well, you. Thanks, man. Um, and I'll leave Ian's links below, um, some of his details. I'm sure if you guys want to get in contact, you can. Um, and until then, um, we'll see you guys later. Thanks, guys. <laughs>